and welcome to the official podcast of the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. In this episode, we're discussing ASIC's review of how car insurance claims are investigated where fraud is suspected. My name is Lara Halbeth, and here with me is Emma Curtis, the Senior Executive Leader of the Insurers Team at ASIC. We're also joined by Alexandra Kelly, Director of Casework at the Financial Rights Legal Centre in Sydney. Emma, the report by ASIC found some big problems with how, car, how the car insurance industry targets claims for investigation. Can you give us an overview of the main findings of the report? Sure. Thanks, Lara. So the reason that we undertook this, was, this review was to help us understand how insurers investigate comprehensive car insurance claims where they have a suspicion that fraud is involved. And we also wanted to raise industry minimum standards in this area. So at the outset, it's really important to stress that fraud is a real and serious issue and insurers absolutely need to have effective processes in place to detect fraud and to decline fraudulent claims. And these processes help to ensure that only legitimate claims are paid. However, in our review, we found that insurers are launching investigations into valid claims. Our research found that a very small proportion of all claims that insurers investigate are actually declined for fraud, and this is 4%. And the very vast majority, 71% of all claims investigated by insurers, are actually found to be valid and paid. And we also found that 10% are declined for other reasons and 15% are withdrawn by the claimant or the consumer. So we also found very concerningly that insurers are not treating consumers fairly when they undertake these claim investigations. And we found that insurers act in ways that cause their customers significant emotional distress and a lot of inconvenience. And this is totally opposite to the peace of mind that consumers expect from their insurance policy when they take it out and pay their premiums. So overall, we found that consumers are worn down by a very lengthy and confusing process. Thanks, Emma. What are some of the examples from the report of interactions between customers and their insurers? So we heard a lot of evidence about customers needing to make a complaint in order to get a decision about their claim. And we also heard that they felt that they were being treated like a criminal by their insurer, even though they thought that the insurer would actually support them through this very difficult time in their life when they need to make an insurance claim. We found that consumers were really kept in the dark about the investigation of their claim and how it was progressing. And we also found that consumers were subjected to quite unreasonable or excessive interviews and also information requests for excessive documents and um, other information. And another thing we found was that they're not given language support when they have, for instance, limited English fluency or if the English is their second language. And really concerningly, we also found that in some cases they had their insurance policies cancelled even though their claim was paid, so they were left without, a, without cover for the future. I think you'll agree that these are not the results that consumers expect when they make a valid claim on their insurance, because it's really important to note that most of the claims that we looked at in this study were completely valid and they were eventually paid by the insurer. Alex, to bring you in here, based on your casework at the Financial Rights Legal Centre, can you share any examples that illustrate the impact of unfair investigation processes on consumers? Sure, thanks, Lara. We've had um, consumers who have lost their job uh, because they're no longer able to get to work because they have no car or, uh, or transport to get to work. We've had victims of domestic violence being terrified that the insurer will, let, um, will contact their ex-partner 
uh, and so they've often withdrawn their claim and feel personally uh, threatened. Um, we've had a number of, of people contact us very worried about their personal safety um, because they've been asked to do interviews in, with, the inter- with the investigator in motel rooms or in, um, in one case in an investigator's car. Uh, which has left the consumer feeling very uh, uneasy about the process, not feeling that it's very professional um, and and deciding to withdraw their claims rather than proceeding. Okay, so just to unpack the problems a little bit more, Emma, you mentioned that most investigated claims are paid and the incidence of fraud is actually quite low. What are the most concerning problems that ASIC has identified? Yes, that's right, Lara. And What we identified through our review is that there are actually problems throughout that investigation process, but I guess you could boil it down by saying that the recurring issue that we identified in the review was that there's a failure to efficiently investigate claims. And from our data, we identified that some consumers may have given up on their claim as a result, as Alex mentioned, even if they had a valid claim, they've decided to withdraw from the process because it's too difficult to continue with. Okay, and can you give us some examples of inefficient investigation processes? Sure. So we heard about um, insurers that for some investigations send consumers multiple information requests for the same information. They also sometimes require multiple face-to-face interviews with their investigators, which increases the stress on on consumers in dealing with these face-to-face interviews. We also heard that they tend to ask consumers the same questions multiple times from different perspectives, which is also stressful and difficult to deal with. Um, We also heard that they require consumers to produce an onerous volume of documents. So this can include things like financial information, birth certificates, social media records, um, telephone records, things which actually are quite onerous for consumers to have to deal with. We think that no consumer deserves to have to deal with this sort of process. It's difficult to deal with and the inefficiencies lead to unnecessary delays for consumers who need a payout on their claim. Alex, has the Financial Rights Legal Centre come across um, any similar problems in, in the casework that you've conducted? We often deal with very vulnerable consumers who might be from a non-English speaking background or um, be otherwise disadvantaged. Um, who might not have the financial means or the financial literacy to to obtain documents and information that the insurer has requested. Some of the really striking examples that um, I'm reminded of is is a a client whose claim took four years. Um, The first two years he battled on himself to try and get his uh, prepaid phone records from his um, uh, mobile provider. Um, it took us 12 months to, to get it. We ended up having to go to the telecommunication industry ombudsman. When we did get the, those phone records, uh, the records, uh, the insurer then asked for him to detail every single person, who they were and why he contacted them. Um, that was incredibly difficult to do because that was then three years after the insured event. He was also asked to get um, bank records from uh, seven or eight years prior for a on a closed bank account, which he also struggled with. Um, That whole claim took four years to process uh, and was very stressful for the consumer. He was eventually paid, but it was um, very um, distressing and um, he was uninsured for that whole period. 
So there seems to be a very real need to rebuild uh, consumer trust. Emma, what do you see that needs to change? So, Lara, I think it boils down to the very simple expectation that insurers need to treat their customers fairly with professionalism and respect. And I think it's really that simple. In our report, we set out the basic standards that we expect insurers to implement immediately following on from our report being issued. And these basic standards include things like clearly informing consumers about what it means to have their claim investigated so they understand the process involved. Also approaching investigations with an open mind so that insurers don't approach it with a presumption that the consumer fabricated their claim. It also includes not not interviewing consumers excessively so there's a fair and balanced process around interviews. It also includes deciding all claims within four months, which is an expectation within the General Insurance Code of Practice currently. It also includes scheduling any interviews in advance so that the consumers know what's expected of them and when they need to be available for interviews. And the last thing is only requiring consumers to produce information that's strictly relevant to their claim so they're not put through these onerous information gathering exercises. Alex, what are your thoughts? I agree with all of those things. I'd I'd also probably add better training. Um, Insurers tend to use external investigators and there's no real training that we can see for training for vulnerable communities, um, dealing with interpreters, dealing with um, domestic violence and other things that impact consumers. Uh, We'd also say that insurers need to do more to help consumers get information. Uh, There are a lot of barriers out there uh, consumers themselves might not be able to um, to to access services or, or, or get information because of their personal circumstances, and it would be um, good to see insurers actually assist uh, rather than just direct and hope that the in, uh, insured doesn't provide the information so they can refuse the claim. Emma, what happens now as a result of this work by ASIC? Well, Lara, it's important to note that significant civil penalties now apply when a general insurer breaches the duty of utmost good faith to a customer that's set out in the law. And this is a result of some recent um, amendments to the law. So this means that ASIC can take court action against insurers that break the law. And Lara, we also expect the industry to make further changes to the General Insurance Code of Practice in response to our recommendations. So the, the code is currently being reviewed by industry, so we think this is a great opportunity for them to consider the recommendations that we've made in our report and incorporate them into the code as minimum standards. And this will really help to give the community assurance that there'll be fair investigations of claims and there'll be consistent standards across the industry. That concludes our podcast. Thanks to you both for taking the time to speak with me today. The ASIC report, Report 621, Roadblocks and Roundabouts, is available on the ASIC website. And you can find out more information about the Financial Rights Legal Centre at financialrights.org.au. If you have any feedback for us on this podcast, send us a tweet to ASIC Media. We'd love to hear from you.